Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way. Surprise! Okay, obviously I am not Natalie, but we are going to see her here in just a second. I have had the pleasure of interviewing Natalie in honor of her book, Gutsy, that comes out next week. And y'all, when I tell you, this book is truly, truly life-changing. We talk about all the things. We talk about what does it mean to stop allowing other people's opinions to get in our way and be who we truly are and go for our dreams. This book, I know in this conversation, you are going to enjoy just as much as I did. So stop whatever you're doing, put on those headphones, do whatever you got to do, and join me for this conversation. It was truly, truly a blast. So let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Natalie Frank, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too. Obviously, we're here talking about Gutsy, which I have read and... The one thing that I want to say is, is that you've changed. You have changed. And I feel like you are, it's just been beautiful to see your evolution. It's been amazing. I feel like Natalie has arrived. Natalie has arrived. She is here and she is home. And you, and and, and for me, it felt just so damn good. Mm. And so how are you feeling about it? You are 100% spot on on I've changed. In the first chapter of Gutsy, I say, you know, and I've, I've joked with friends where I'm like, you know, built to belong, it's a hug. It's a warm cup of tea. Warm cup of tea. Gutsy? It's not. Um, it is a kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. It is a rallying cry. It is, I say, like, I'm like, you know, it, this isn't a sweet bell pepper. We're going habanero or hotter here. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. You know, I truly believe in my heart that the thing stopping so many people from going after what they want in life, the thing that keeps so many people from truly pursuing what uniquely they have to offer and give this world is this fear. And often this fear is rooted not in their own opinion of themselves, but in the opinions that they believe others have of them. Mm. And often those opinions that they're imagining aren't even true. Mm. And we are so held back by that. And you know, in all the work I do with small businesses, And you know this, like right before the pandemic, we picked a very convenient time to sell our house and pack up into a Suburban, January 2020. Remember when 2020 (laughs) was going to be our year? It was. 2020, we're like, this is it. This is all of our year. Going all out. I'm going to accomplish everything. Yes. Yes. We were like, that's the year. Of course, my word of the year was home. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. The irony is not lost on me now. Uh, but 2020, we pack up, we get, you know, on the road and we're, we're going city to city and we drove from Annapolis, Maryland, all the way down South to Miami and then around the tip of Florida and Mm -hmm. all the way across the United States to California and then back up the California coast. And in every single city that I went into on that road trip, I was meeting with and hugging business owners, talking to them about their businesses. And it amazes me that even the most successful business owners that I'm having conversations with are still struggling with this. Mm-hmm. It is not something that you overcome. You know, it's not something that you can get over. I even say, and I think chapter one or chapter two, where I'm like, if anyone's ever told you, just stop worrying about what other people think. 
Yes. You can't. Yeah. Your brain is wired to care. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, you know, something that, it's not something that you can just dismiss or ignore. We're really dealing with this. And it's the very thing that holds high achievers back, entrepreneurs back, parents back. Mm -hmm. You know, it impacts every area of our life and it never really goes away. So why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we talking about the fact that we do feel deeply concern for the opinions of others? And I think we don't fully admit it to ourselves, but we easily get caught up in it. That's what I love so much about this book is because even you also offer a lot of tangible exercises in there, which I love because it's, they're simple exercises, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I think sometimes a lot of us, especially when dealing with fear, we're looking for the, for the answer to be this very extra big thing. And usually the answer is typically right in front of us and it's usually pretty simple to do. It might just be uncomfortable. It just might be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We have this expectation like, no, 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 there needs to be more. Like I have to do more work in order to be able to accomplish this specific, like to get over this specific thing. And that's just never, never the case. Yeah. And I, I loved what you said of how gutsy can really just mean differently for every like for so many of us. We all have our own struggles. We've all walked through so many different things. So somebody sitting next to me, what they can't get over, I can easily do, but you know, if it's vice versa, we all have our own thing. So you just have to really build and think about what being gutsy means to you and and move forward, which is what I, I love about that. So what are your thoughts? Like, what does gutsy mean to you? Oh, look at you turning that around. Cause I've been asking everybody now for weeks, like, what does it mean <laughs> to be gutsy for you? You know, the way that I would answer that is this book is one bit of evidence that I am moving into my gutsy era. Mm. And I think that's what you felt when you were reading it because you know me well. Oh, yeah. And the first thing you said when you finished reading and you came down, you're like, this is different. Mm -hmm. This is different. And I think that's, you know, what gutsy means to me is having an opinion. Gutsy means voicing that opinion. Gutsy means pursuing the things I know I need to be pursuing even if I fail. Mm. And then when I fail, it means getting back up and not caring if I look like a fool. Not caring if there are critics and naysayers that were like, I told you she wasn't going to do it. I told you she wasn't going to succeed at that. Who cares? I did it anyway. There's a, a section later in the book, real far back towards the end, where I talk about a woman that I admire immensely, Simone Biles. Mm-hmm. And I talk about her decision to withdraw from the Olympics. And I talk about the fact that, because that was all unfolding as I was writing the book, I was witnessing as people who had never set foot in that arena had a heck of a lot to say about her decision. Mm-hmm. And it was that reminder to me as well and to everybody else out there that, yes, there are always going to be people that have opinions about what you decide to do, what you decide to go after. But being gutsy means that the opinion you hold of yourself should always matter more than the opinions that others have of you. Mm -hmm. And it means that that is your compass. That is your North Star. Not, you know, somebody watching you from a distance who has a lot to say. Mm -hmm. How, How do you feel about that decision? And in that moment, Simone chose her health. In this moment, I'm choosing to have a voice. And I'm choosing to fight for things I love and believe in. Mm -hmm. Both through my writing with Gutsy and in the work that I do every day for small business. And sometimes it's easier than other times. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I don't necessarily need to pull on that courage to get up and get moving. Yeah. But there are other times where, you know, I still struggle a little bit with the doubt. And I still struggle a little bit with the fear. And again, like we talked about, it's never going to go away. But I'm choosing to do it scared anyway. Yeah. One thing I will say is as business owners, 
I feel like sometimes maybe there is a disconnect, but even in terms of success and stuff, like when we talk about success and all the things that we did to get there, mm. we never ever fully highlight the inner work. Never do. Right. Especially when we're wanting the content. I want to know how much, like how, you know, I want to know how this person made uh, millions of dollars and on da, 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 da. And you're doing those exact same steps, but you're not getting the same results. Well, why is that? Mm. You're not doing the internal work. You're not healing your traumas. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not taking a hard look in the mirror and being realistic about where you truly are. Because even if you had that success, what are you going to do with it? Especially if you're not in the right framework, if you're not in the right mindset. And I'm not saying that you have to be fully healed in order to gain something. But what I'm saying to you is, you said this a couple of weeks ago, new levels, new devils. I, don't, I heard it somewhere. I think I heard it from you too. Like I've been hearing that word lately because the problems will get bigger as you grow your business. Mm. So are you going to be in the right place to receive the good that is coming to you? Mm. But also too, when you are facing that conflict, how are you going to handle it? And what's the story you're telling yourself mm -hmm. when you're going through it? Yes. The last five years of my life, and I just sort of turned a, a pretty big corner personally in the past couple months. The last five years of my life have looked like getting told by brain surgeons, I need to go in for brain surgery, going in for brain surgery, spending months recovering. And heck, I'm still different than I was before that moment. Then going through fertility treatment, getting pregnant, high-risk pregnancy, preeclampsia, giving birth, postpartum repeating the process. This time it's harder. IVF. That's been my five years. Mm -hmm. My five years, I've been going through it. Mm -hmm. So I think another thing that, you know, this all brings up for me and around being gutsy is that amidst those five years, I'm not the same person. If you chatted with Natalie Frank prior to that moment, I don't know that you'd recognize me. Mm -hmm. I think if I walked in the door, you'd be like, I don't know who she is. And I'm proud of that. I don't say that to be like, oh, I, you know, yes, of course, there are pieces of me that I left behind, but there was a refinement process. Mm -hmm. Going through hard things, it does change us. How we communicate that story within ourselves, that inner work of once we've survived it, or heck, even as we're going through it, what are we telling ourselves? Are we stepping into a space where I, you know, and I, and I know this was the part because I, when you came down, I was like, did you get to that part? There are going to be seasons also, though, when I say this, where we can't be the only ones supporting our inner work process. Because mm -hmm. I've, I've gone through those too, where I actually need somebody to step in and to help me, community to carry me, time and time again. But nonetheless, those five years were a lot of work that nobody ever saw. Mm -hmm. Those five years, the way I showed up, not just in my business and not just in my family, but probably most importantly, the way I showed up for myself in loving myself despite the changes that were happening to my body, loving myself as my mind changed, loving myself through chronic illness, through navigating recovery, loving myself, learning my own skills and weaknesses as they changed because I changed, becoming a parent and realizing some things I'm good at and some things I'm not so good at, mm -hmm. but I'm still worthy, I'm still enough, I still have something to offer, going through burnout. All of these things, and these are not just unique to me. These are very much experiences that many people feel and, and go through in their business, in their life. Going through all of that, nobody on the outside saw the inner work that was happening within. Mm -hmm. But the inner work is the work that matters most. The inner work is the work that's leading to any conversation we're having today or thus forward for all of us. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we like to talk about it because it's not sexy. Yeah. We don't like to talk about it because it's stigmatized. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever we bring up therapy, I'm always like, there's somebody out there rolling their eyes. 
my hope is that one day they're not rolling their eyes because it is a powerful tool to work with a professional, a mental health professional, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so whatever it is, I think that inner work is so important. We just don't talk about it. We don't Mm -mm. at all. And I, like I said, I feel like that's treated so separately, especially with like our success, our business, and all these other right. things. We act it's, like they're different. They're we, different. We, you know, we, we keep it separate. Compartmentalize and so them even out. that story definitely got to me. And there were so many things that you had shared within that. But I love this quote. And there's a, we talked about too, you're going to read a couple of quotes, but never underestimate the power of transforming your understanding of a prior moment. So even you looking back, right? Even the things that you were saying now, like it's changed the way that you show up. It changes every single decision that you make because you've done the work to process it, to deal with it, to welcome the negative emotions, Mm -hmm. right? I think sometimes we view emotions as a bad thing. And there was another story that, well, there was a piece that you said in relating to that story about how you just broke. Yeah, You were broken, you shattered. And what I loved about that is that you saw the beauty in shattering. Sometimes that is the unanswered prayer. Mm. Sometimes that is what you need to get to the next step. So instead of a lot of the times us shying away from it, and of course it still sucks, but welcome it. Mm. Allow the waves, like I think you said like a rock with, a, with waves crashing. It was like a quote, one of your favorite quotes. And it's like, allow that to come hit you. Yeah, so there, there's sort of a, so for folks who haven't read it yet or are going to read it, there's a story in the book where I talk about the expectations and pressures that we feel. Mm. And if you're a business owner, I know you're nodding your head right here. Like you're like, yep, uh, pressures? Sorry, what? Like pressures are my best friend. Uh, they're here every day. You feel the weight of the world, all the shoulds of who you, you know, you should be, you should be doing this, you should be launching that, you should be making this. There are a lot of shoulds and a lot of pressures. And I talk about how from a very young age, I was always told, bend, not break. Yes. Bend, bend, Mm -hmm. bend, bend, bend. Mm -hmm. And that chapter is about, but what if you spend your whole life bending and shrinking and trying to fit some mold that other people expect from you, trying to be the business owner that you think you need to be, trying to follow their formula to success and you're bending and bending under all that pressure. Is that really a life you want to live? And is breaking so bad after all? And I talk about the fact that, you know, I share a story of a season in my life where I didn't just break. I truly did shatter. And in that, I realized that very often breakdowns are breakthroughs in disguise. Mm. That very often the, vi- the things that we think are going to destroy us are the foundation from which we build our greatest successes. You have to be able, though, to look back on the stories of your life that have held you in those cyclical mindsets of pain and suffering and shame and mm-hmm. guilt and have the courage to also acknowledge that you are the author of your own story. Mm-hmm. You can rewrite that story in your own mind. And that is one of the exercises that I have in the book where I say, you know, think back to a moment, you know, think back to a time in your life where you, you felt that criticism. Somebody said something nasty about you or, you know, doubted you or gossip got back to you or whatever it was that really, really like it hurts still. You feel it still. And is there a way for you to rewrite that story? Is there a way for you to change and transform your relationship to the past such that you can move forward. Not that you forget, not that you need to eliminate it, but instead that you need to understand that there is very often a story you can tell that gives you the power in the present to make 
prolific impact in your life, to go out and do the things that you might be afraid to do because you're still holding on. Mm -hmm. You're still telling yourself that you are that person from the past, the one they laughed at, the one they teased, the one they made fun of, the one who struggled. You're still telling yourself that story. And while there is beauty in knowing your past and, and being honest and open, there's also beauty in acknowledging that that very thing helped to shape you into the person who's uniquely suited to go out and make your dreams happen. So much goodness. It's just, I sound so cheesy, but I loved it. I love that because that's the rawness and the realness that I was pleasantly so surprised to like to get in the book. I'm like, she's going there. She's not sugarcoating it, right? Because I kind of, I'm going to be honest. I was like, all right, gutsy, great, right? Like the way that I thought that this book was going to be is completely different, mm-hmm. right? I thought, okay, great, like, it's going to be another um, book, just just really inspirational. and I'm going to make some self-help authors very mad with this book. <laughs> there are a couple sections yes. in here where I'm like, you've heard this advice? No. Yeah. No. Let's yeah. talk about the, the neuroscience behind why that doesn't even work. Or, mm-hmm. you know, can we just be honest? I promise to be honest. And at the end, it's even, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yeah. was like, this is totally different from a really good, fresh perspective mm-hmm. that I think many of us needs. And I personally just felt a lot of shame just wither away Mm. because there were just certain things that we as people humans in the way that our brain they're wired that we just can't help so no matter what it's just going to keep coming anyways but how can I just equip myself in a very healthy way to to go after what I want but even you know when we think of pursuing our dreams we always of course we want to be hopeful right like yes like you know, I want to accomplish this and accomplish that, but what if we don't, right? It makes it harder for us to try again. And so this just, I just felt so powerful. I felt powerful that I can, I knew that things aren't still going to be easy. It's very like realistic. I knew that things aren't going to be easy, but I now have the tools and my mindset has changed to where I'm ready and willing to just take anything on. So I hope that was the objective of the reason why you wrote this book. (laughs) Well, watch out world because, yeah, it is the objective. Because what happens when the Akuas of the world realize just how powerful and incredible they are? Yeah. Watch out. That's what I want from this book. If you ask me what's the objective of this book, like my goal in writing it is I believe the world is better when people truly feel empowered to step into the things that only they can do. Mm -hmm. Where they stop hiding. I don't want anyone taking their dreams to the grave. That's what I, and, and it's also selfish because the moment that other people start to bring that power that they have to offer their voice, their talent, their gift, their creativity, their genius, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they bring it to the table and they bring it boldly without apology. Yes. This world is, is rattled for the better. And we need more of that. Mm-hmm. This is a moment in time where we need more of that. And so my hope is, I'm glad you felt that way. Because that's, that that's what I wanted. And yeah. I, I can't wait years from now, you know, just to hear the impact that that, that mindset shift can have. Oh, yeah. You know? I think and the ripple effects from it. I love that you t- we just talking about there is power in showing up fully as yourself. And it's yes. not an easy thing to do. No. I feel like, again, a lot of these things that we hear, like, yeah, 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 I know it. Of course, of course. But are you doing it? Are you living it out in your day-to-day, right? And I think just you mentioned it briefly, too, in the book. Like, it's for some people, certain places, it's you can't fully be yourself. Correct. Right? You literally said, it's a quote here, fitting in comes with safety and privilege. Standing out comes with risk. Correct. And it is very, very true. Correct. But then you said this here, which like totally stuck with me. There's only one thing that is more terrifying than being who you truly are, and that is abandoning your authenticity and retreating into the person that the world expects you to be. 
Is that a risk you are willing to take? To spend your life being a fraction of the person that you really are? To surrender your uniqueness, your potential, your purpose at the altar of other people's approval? Hell no, I'm not doing that. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not. Is that a risk you are willing to take? Yeah. When you really stop and think about it, I'm not willing to take that risk. Mm -hmm. For what? Waste another day of my life trying to appease other people while I'm still struggling and withering. Like, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. I deserve more. You do. You do. You deserve a life beyond the opinions that others have. Exactly. You deserve that. So it's like give yourself the truth of honesty, of yes. like the gift of honesty of where you're really at and and tackle these things. So I really love that. And there's another thing that I also love, but I want you to read it. Okay. Because I feel like when we're going through anything, and not you don't even have to be going through anything, but you're in a season of life and there's something new that you want to do, and that voice in your mind starts saying all of these limiting beliefs or like what people are going to think of me. Am I going to look like an idiot? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can do it because somebody else is doing it. That's a big one in business. Big one in business. Mm-hmm. People need to need to say this. So I totally want you to read this. Okay. It's the last one. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to give additional context. Yes. Okay. Don't you dare forget who the hell you are. Don't you forget what you have overcome, what you have survived what you have accomplished. Don't you dare forget how loved you are, strong you are. Don't you dare give up now. So those are the words that my husband said to me. Shout out to you, Hugh. (laughs) When I was struggling at my darkest point with postpartum depression Mm. after Harlow's birth. Mm. And in the book, when we talk about shattering, I tell the story of going through a season where I was in the depths of it. I really was. And I felt like every morning I woke up and it was just difficult to get out of bed. Me being gutsy in that season was waking up in the morning. So when I say it's different for each person in each season of life, that's what I mean. The same courage for when I've you know, stepped on a stage in front of thousands of people, published something into the world, didn't hold a candle to the courage it took me to get up out of bed in the depths of postpartum depression. And there's a moment where, you know, my husband, I just remember coming up to me and kind of holding my shoulders and just saying, Natalie, remember who you are. Don't you dare forget who the hell you are. You have overcome so much. You have survived so much. You have accomplished so much. Fight. I need you to fight. This is why I came prepared, (laughs) y'all. And sometimes we just need to be reminded who we are. And it doesn't, you know, have to, this is a very personal moment for me, but I'm telling you, there are business owners out there who have dreams. There are people who have wanted to chase after something their entire lives and their life is racing them, racing by, passing them by. And I just wish they had a hue. They had somebody, they have me, they have gutsy where it's saying to them, like, remember who you are. Because every day you don't show up and you don't go after those things that you uniquely have to offer this world, you're not just robbing yourself of that opportunity. You are robbing the world of the gifts that you bring to the table. And acknowledge those things you've overcome. Don't be ashamed. Be proud. I'm not ashamed of the things I've struggled with. I talk openly about my mental health. I I talk openly about having a benign brain tumor, going through infertility treatment, struggle. I talk openly because... When I shine a light on it and, I, and I'm acknowledging that there is no room for shame in my story, 
I am giving myself and others permission to, to move forward. And the same applies to you. When you remember who you are and you remember what you've overcome, you are that much more ready to go forward into your future. So yeah, that was Hugh. Hugh gets all the credit all for that quote. All the credit because Ruth is out here looking at me like, girl, I told you not to make me cry. <laughs> She's giving me a look. When I read that and I thought of every single thing that I have been through to get here, mm-hmm. why the hell would I bow out now? Right. So let me get up, mm-hmm. brush myself off, and keep going. Even if I have to crawl, scratch, I don't mm-hmm. care. Even if all I moved that day was a flipping millimeter, it was literally further than I was yesterday. I have worked too damn hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have worked so damn hard to be here. Yes. There's a reason why we are at the specific place in our life. And when you think about the journey, you're like, this is nothing. Let me get up and get going. Well, it's, it's why I don't even like the term small business anymore. Mm-hmm. There's nothing small about it. There's nothing small about what you've done the moment you decide to become an independent. Nothing. Nothing. If you move one inch, I love Akua, like you're 100% right. We somehow believe the lie that, you know, and we hear it all the time. It's like, you know, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, a, we talk about this in the book too. I, I say, I hate the word just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just a blank. There's nothing small about what you are doing. Mm-hmm. All that you have put in to declare yourself an independent business owner, the courage that it takes to put your heart and soul on the line to hone a skill set, to hone a craft, to say, I'm going to put my entire purpose out there for the world to see, to criticize, to ridicule, but I'm doing it because I know that it's going to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I know that it is exactly what I need to be doing. I just hope people realize, like, remember who you are. Remember who you were the day you decided that you would rather pursue a life on your own terms than build an empire for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Remember who you are when you took that leap of faith and you bet on you. When the rest of the world didn't, you still believed you had the possibility of of achieving your dreams. You believed you were capable. That's not a small feat. Remember who you are in business, in life. And when you see a friend out there or if you need a reminder, be that light when somebody else needs it. Mm. If you see a friend struggling, remind them who they are. Yes. Because for me, that was a moment where I needed my partner to come in and I needed him to be that voice for me. And so... I just hope like business owners listening to this, please, please, please know you are already gutsy. Mm. The question just becomes for your future as you look forward, what are those things that you really want that you have either been denying yourself because you are afraid mm-hmm. or because other people have told you that it's not possible for you when you believed their criticism over your own belief in yourself, right? You said this as well, courage is not competition. Courage is not a competition. What did you mean by that, by the way? I mean that very oftentimes we assume we can decide who's more courageous based on what we see on the outside. Mm. That we like to make snap judgments and say, oh, they're very brave. (laughs) But if I were to ask you in a room full of people to line everybody up against the wall, most courageous to least courageous, how would you do it? You can't. You can't. And I, I, I say this to say that there are battles people are fighting every single day that none of us will know anything about. Mm-hmm. And the courage that they bring to the table just by showing up and walking outside their door needs to be recognized by them first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Don't discount the very courage that it takes you to show up in your daily life. The things that you write off as, but I just, I just have to, 
give yourself a moment today to just feel that and sit in that and acknowledge the courageous choices you make from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Give yourself the credit for it because once you start to realize you are capable, mm. it's building blocks. It's building blocks. Courage is a muscle. It's a muscle that we build and we grow. But when I say courage is in a competition, what I'm really trying to get at is please don't discount the courage that it takes for you to show up as yourself every single day. Yes. Don't look at somebody else bungee jumping and say, well, they must be braver than me. Yes. Yes. Because again, like I said, I've been bungee jumping. I've gotten a tattoo. I was the first in my family to get a tattoo. I wanted it my whole life. And I set off a chain reaction. I'm sorry, mom, I'm up in heaven. Like I, she was like, she was never a fan of tattoos. And now the whole family's tatted up. Okay. It's my <laughs> fault for my tiny little one. My point being, it took a lot of courage for me to go and get that tattoo for me in that moment maybe not for everybody but bungee jumping getting a tattoo speaking on stages books as I said there have been moments in my life where getting out of bed were a heck of a lot harder than any of those things that the world would say were braver the world would say oh that was courage right there mm -hmm. it wasn't and I think it's important for us to remember that as we move through, through our own journey and, and battle with what it means to be gutsy. Because mm -hmm. we can be so quick to discount ourselves and, and put everybody else on a pedestal as if they are the brave ones yes. and we are the ones that don't have the courage that, you know, we do have. We just don't acknowledge it. Absolutely. I mean, whether it could be one day that you've signed your dream client and your business is hustling and bustling to the next day, you can't even get up out of bed. Yep. Yeah, but it, even the client, like, do you remember what it felt like to book your first client? Oh, yeah. Think about the amount of courage it takes to even put a service out there and book that first client. I just remember the fear, like, how the, terrified I was, right? Like, I think all of us, well, even just finally launching your business, because yes. you're like, I can't, I can't turn back. Like, mm -hmm. there's no... It's out there now. It's out there now. It's out there now. <laughs> so I was like, well, we got to figure it out, <laughs> you right. know? But it was just such an empowering feeling, and but like I said no matter what stage of business, like mm -hmm. you said that earlier, you're always, you're always dealing with it. It just compounds. Always. Like you might not have the same, you might not need to draw up that same level of courage. And you might not have the same insecurities about booking a client five years in that mm -hmm. you did on that first client where you're double checking every line in the email. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you first start dating somebody, I don't know if my <laughs> husband always says he used to double check. He spelled check. This is back before like grammar, really spell check his AIM messages <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's like, I don't want you to think I was stupid. I was like spell checking everything. <laughs> You know, that's the, the level of, uh, you know, how you might feel with that first client versus five years in, you're not even, you're booking clients and you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't need to draw on that courage. That doesn't mm. mean that you don't need to be gutsy. It just looks different. Yes. And that's the key. It, it just looks, looks, looks different. different. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love that. I, I wanted to, to shift it a little bit because I want to ask you, um, let's talk about opinions. 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 There's a whole chapter about right. opinions. Exactly. And we... We do. We get caught up in people's opinions. We do. Even sometimes where I'm like, I don't care what nobody thinks of me. I th we all do that, right? We all will be like, oh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. But when it really boils down to it, we absolutely do care. Mm -hmm. So as somebody, you know, you're out there a lot. Like now you show up for everybody. A lot of people know who you are. Have there been times where you have failed publicly? Yes. And <laughs> how okay. many? How long do you have? Okay. <laughs> Answered. <laughs> How did you deal with that with, especially people, people love to put their two cents in. We all do. We all do. We all have opinions about everything, good or bad. And a lot of it, like, you know, we all state our opinions and we just move on. But we never stop to think about how it actually affects the person that we gave the opinion to. Because now they're stuck with it. They're carrying it. They're carrying that burden of what you just said to them. So while you were, you know, skipping away, <laughs> they're stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of asked like multiple questions within that. But let's break it down. So 
in the book, I talk a lot about opinions and there's some interesting science on opinions that I won't bore the non-nerds out with, but I will say if, if you've ever thought to yourself, I'm not really influenced by it, because I hear a lot, I'm not really easily influenced. <laughs> and it's like, well, your brain science says differently, mm-hmm. you know, not that you're easily influenced, but that we are far more impacted by the opinions around us than we often realize. Yes. Our brain is wired to push us towards agreeing with the opinions around us. That's a safety mechanism. If you don't agree with the opinions you're surrounded by, you're at risk. You're at risk of ostracization. You're at risk of being thrown out. And as we know throughout human history, being you know, removed from the community is not fared well. Um, you know, that it was certain death in many points of, of our evolution. And so I say all that to say that you do pay a lot of attention to the opinions of others, whether you realize it or not. You will have a tendency to absorb the opinions that surround you, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Your opinion will even start to move. Like if you move parts of the country, you might notice your political ideology shifting as you move. Mm-hmm. This is part of the brain. This mm-hmm. is this is this is part of who we are. And I talk about it in the book, and there's some really great sources cited in there from the scientists that did this research. I obviously am not one of them. But I say all of that to say, you know, opinions carry a lot of weight in our lives. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to running a business, and it comes to running a business in 2023, people have opinions and your world, your life is a spectator sport. Mm. Everybody's watching. And so you have to develop a muscle of learning that, again, the opinion you have of yourself needs to be louder, needs to be stronger, needs to be firmly rooted, such that when you are challenged by differing opinions, you're not immediately defensive. You're not immediately running to hide or feeling like you've been attacked. You have the ability to take, like we were talking about feedback that we've gotten on the podcast. Yeah. And, and at first I was like, look, I know this feedback is really critical, but let's find the truth. Yes. That comes from practice, right? Of saying, I know I'm really proud of this work that I put out there. I also know that other people's opinions do have value and that I can listen to them even when they're not like mine. And so I think there, there's a lot when it comes to opinions where that's the positive side, the negative side being if you are operating from that place, if you're in a season of fear, of insecurity, of doubt, where you're not maybe ready to receive, it can be really heavy. You can absolutely carry it. I share you know, stories where early days of Rising Tide, we had this big Facebook group and I'll never forget, you know, we instituted some protocols around like what could be shared and not shared in the group and things as simple as no self-promotion. It's a rule. It's there. You can read it. Someone would self-promote. It would get removed. And the messages that I would get. And I wasn't even moderating the group. I just, you know, the messages I would get, the hate I would get, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs on paragraphs. And to that person, and I actually, I think there's a specific story in the book. I think I left it in there. Gosh, I'm going to have to go back and look. (laughs) I almost took it out. I think I left it in there. Uh, there was a specific moment where somebody really went rammed into me for their post being removed because it was for self-promotion. And, you know, again, it's a rule. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's the same for, for everyone in the group. But they were really upset. And I remember those words. I remember what they said. I remember their profile picture at the time. Like it, it was like someone took like a, a, a brand, like it, like it yeah. literally branded piece of my soul. And I met them at an event recently like two years ago so it was like years later and they had no recollection of that being the last interaction that we had and we were chatting and chatting and chatting and so then they go to message me something like on facebook and they see the last conversation they had said to me oh and then they so all of that to say like you have to you have to realize i think you know from all fronts of this opinions are out there everybody has one and oftentimes you know, the very things that we cling to, others don't. 
Yes. The very things that we, that, and, and it applies, and we have to think about it. Think about your, you're on your worst day. Gosh. I mean, I think of us sometimes, like when I get mad, somebody cuts me off when I'm driving on the highway. When my kids aren't in the car, I might have a few choice words, right? <laughs> That's me not at my best, okay? I wouldn't want that to be the only opinion that is carried forward, right? Yeah. But we do that when it comes to other people. We carry those opinions forward. So especially when it comes to your business, like it, it really comes down to understanding the science of opinions and understanding that, you know, there are going to be some that you carry with you, but again, it goes back to rewriting that story. Like what can you pull from that in retrospect where you can maybe rewrite it? That person who said those very mean things to me, you know, like they were having a really bad day and it said more about them than it did about me. It said more about what they were going through in that moment and the way that it was positioned than, than it did about, you know, the rule about not promoting yourself, for example. It's such a specific and simple example, but yeah. We struggle with it. We, we do. It's yeah. and I hate saying this, but it also like implies it. And I know it's it's easier said than done, but it's like just some things you just can't take personal. Right. You can't. And even at times when you do, try to come from a place of curiosity. Try to yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Cause why? Why are they behaving this way? Right. And maybe you you won't get the full resolution of what you're you're wanting from the situation but then you quickly realize that it's no longer yours to carry mm-hmm. and you you leave it where it's at and you move on I love that and curiosity mm-hmm. is so critical it, yeah. it's about when you when you're confronted with something really challenging especially when it comes from somebody's opinion or criticism or doubt of you or critique of work you're doing like we've talked about being able to be curious right that requires you to have already done some of that inner work mm-hmm. because if you're showing up to the conversation from that place of oh, but they don't like me because I'm not enough, this is proof, this is evidence, all those fears I've had, this is proof, then you either wither and isolate or you defy at all costs and refuse to receive maybe the little bit of feedback that could have been really beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I think that inner work that proceeds is, is just not sexy. We don't like to talk about it, but it's required. It's required so that when you know, somebody comes and says, hey, you know, I didn't have a great experience with your business. I really didn't like my wedding photos. The design process was full of friction. I was not happy. You don't immediately think, well, there it's them. It's the client. The client, something's wrong with the client. Because even we hear all the time, why are all these clients inquiring that they can't afford our prices? Why are they always undercutting us? And my question is, why do they feel like they can inquire with you in the first place? Mm. Because when you come from a place of, I believe in my worth and I, but wait, they're coming in the door. Let me evaluate. Am I putting my pricing out? Or am I being price secretive? Am I being transparent or secretive? Do I give benchmarks? Uh, am I positioning my brands in a way that it is received? Am I telling my story in a way that is received and understood that what I'm doing maybe is a boutique service? Or maybe it's... The point being we're so quick sometimes when we're coming from that place of fear to blame the other, to shut them down, that opinion down. And in business, you know, we do take it personally because it's a piece of our identity. It's mm-hmm. our soul. Like I said, you're doing that gutsy thing. You're putting your heart into the world. So... I think when you do that inner work, you're able to then say, okay, if I'm getting clients coming through the door every single day that are so far below my rates, maybe there's something I can do to fix that. Maybe it's not just them, right? Maybe it is me. Maybe I can make those changes. But in doing that, that's that growth, you know, that growth ability to be able to to see. And and it's so important. And that's, that takes courage too. Yeah. That takes courage too. 1000%. I think those even coming from that place of curiosity and asking those questions is a huge difference whether you'll make six figures 
right? Like between 50,000 and 100,000, 100,000, 200,000. I mean, those questions and those can lead to those tweaks that can absolutely shift your future. Well, because if you never change, you're never going to get to that next milestone. Mm -hmm. If you continue to shut down anything that doesn't align with how you think the business needs to run, you're not going to last. Because again, we talk about this all the time. The market tells you what they want. Your clients tell you what they want. Your customers tell you what they want. But are you listening? Mm. And when it comes to the opinions of others, even when it's opinions you don't like, are you listening? Yes. It is so important. And in business, knowing when to listen and what to listen to and how. And we talk about this, I talk about this in the book, like even just crafting out, you know, who, who is that inner circle? It's an exercise in there where I actually have you craft your inner circle. Who are the opinions that you want you know, in that inner circle and challenging you. Some of those should be from people who, you know, they're not going to agree with you most of the time, but you trust them enough to have them in your inner circle. Those types of, yes. right? That is so important. If everybody agrees with you, that is not, you know, that's an echo chamber. That's not an opinion. That That's yep. a straight, we don't want that either. So crafting that inner circle and being really intentional, we walk you through how to do it, but it's same applies in business. Have that business circle. Have yep. those people that can look at your rebrand, look at your initiative, the launch that didn't go well, that you can receive that feedback and know it's coming from a place that they want you to win. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to tear you down. They're building you up. Building you up. And such a, from a, a loving place too. And I think yeah. even having that inner circle, even in times of struggle. Mm. I, I think about this story just popped into my head. You played a part in it. We didn't really, like, we knew of each other, but like, we knew each other, but we weren't like friends. And it was at the Imperfect Boss Camp. You gave your speech. And mm -hmm. of course, everybody's sobbing. And um, at the camp, they had a wall where they had these little uh, pockets and everybody, and it had every single participant's name on the wall. And you could write notes to people that you just saw were shining, anything positive about people. And at the end of the camp, everything was um, full. Every single person's name was full with a whole bunch of notes. I literally was going through a hard time and your note was in there and so many other people's notes. And so even when I'm having a hard time, those words of encouragement that now, like I, now, like I feel like you are in my, like we're already in each other's circles where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like comes back circle. I still read your note till this day of what you said to me and every single person at that camp when mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time or I'm like really questioning, um, what can I, like, am I doing the right thing? I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I'm capable enough. I feel incompetent. I go back and look at those notes because people sometimes can see the things in you that you can't see in yourself. And so what do I know to be true? Mm -hmm. And I go to that. I'm like, well, okay. Like some things I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm very funny. Well, hell yeah, I'm a funny ass business owner. You know what I mean? <laughs> it may not make me money that day, but I'm funny. <laughs> You know, just stuff like that where, again, it's just having that inner circle that is going to yes. love on you, yes. hold you accountable because yes. they want the best for you. They want you to succeed in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. And so there's just some opinions are very valuable. I always think of our friend Laylee too. Take what you need. Take what you need. <laughs> she always says that. She does, Laylee. Take, take what, take what you, you need. need. <laughs> it's so true. So, so true. So yeah. uh, this was this was great. I love I've loved loving this conversation. And so now that Gutsy is launched right yeah it's coming out i think this will i think we're publishing this maybe a week like within a week within it's, a week it's some of you almost all start getting it very soon because some of the indie stores like to ship it out early yeah but yes yeah it's it's basically here it's here how are you feeling now that when it's finally going to be in people's hands terrified. like what are you terrified terrified 
good, terrified, mm-hmm. but terrified. I, you know, even I wrote the introduction last. So mm-hmm. whenever I, I write the, in the book process, you know, I think everyone kind of imagines what, okay, what is an author's experience mm-hmm. like? The actual process of writing it is, for me, isn't very hard. Mm-hmm. Editing it and rereading what I wrote and mm-hmm. still having the courage to leave it in there, that's a different story. But I wrote the introduction last. I and mean, in writing the introduction, I actually remember very vividly being like, I'm terrified. I'm terrified mm-hmm. to publish this book. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scared to put this much of me out into the world. But... You know, it's one of those things where we have to do the very things that scare us in order to live the life that we deserve to live. Nobody gets to the end of their life and goes, you know that that one time in my comfort zone? <laughs> Never. <laughs> That's so true. Nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's about like this. Yes, I'm terrified to have this book out in the world. I, you know, this is, it's a spicy, it's spicy. It, it is. is. It's fiery. People, there are going to be parts of this book. I'm telling you, self-help authors are going to be coming for me in parts of this book. Because I call it out. I call mm-hmm. stuff out. and I'm, But it's precisely what I needed to write. And I know without a doubt that some people are going to feel fired up enough to go after things that they've been putting off for a long time. Yes. And so I can't wait. I'm also very excited, not just for this month, not the book's here, but I want to see a year from now. I want to see the people that read this book now, what they're doing in their business, what mm-hmm. they're doing in their life, the things that they've spent years watching, pass them by, watching other people chase after their dreams. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be the moment that that changes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pumped to watch that ripple effect happen. I think that's the, the flip side, the tear of the vulnerability paired with the excitement of the impact. And I just love that just you being so transparent about how you feel because mm-hmm. it's a prime example of the fact that yes I feel fear. Yeah. I'm terrified. I'm, I'm terrified anyway. for you to know the very intimate details of my life. I'm terrified because how this information is going to be received, but you're still doing it anyways. You're doing it scared. Doing it scared. And it's just proof that okay, you don't have it all figured out. None of us do. Nope. And this is still a journey that you're still figuring out that you're still walking through. Yep. So you're, none of us are alone in that. Like when people, I'm thinking, I think a lot of the times, especially in the industry, we see entrepreneurs, right? They have these huge followings, everything, but we forget that they're also human, that they're walking through the same journey that we're walking through. And they also have no idea what they're doing. And <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I wrote that in there. I literally say, I'm like, this is not so much a thesis in the perfection, the perfect mm-hmm. way to be courageous. Mm-hmm. This is a recipe book that I have written through trial and error. And I am a terrible chef. And I just no longer set off the fire alarms when I'm cooking. Like that's the, mm. that's welcome to gutsy. Yeah. You know, and in some ways we, like I'm laughing because I'm like, I, we had a conversation, you know, in a recent episode that you might've listened to. And I don't know if it's going to make the cut in there, but we were chatting and uh, my friend Caitlin James was like, you know, I've never had an interview. Um, I don't even know how to do a resume. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Welcome to my, my episode. And it feels a little like saying that, but then in the same breath, it's like, but that's the kind of radical honesty mm. that we need to have if we're going to be gutsy. That's the kind of radical honesty I wanted to bring to this book. Not to show up and be like, if you want to be brave, follow these 10 steps mm-hmm. and your life will be perfect. No, this is messy. This is hard. It is uncomfortable. And it is the type of work that no one's going to pat you on the back for. Mm-hmm. But it's the type of work that at the end of your life, you're not going to be sitting there going, I wish I had lived that life. I wished I had gone after the things I wanted. I wished I had had the courage to do the very thing that other people told me I couldn't do. That's what I'm trying to fight for. That at the end of your life, you are not having those regrets. Instead, you are sitting back and you are so proud both of the successes and of the failures because you were brave enough to go after it anyway. You deserve success like the next person. Mm -hmm. So I just love hearing that about Caitlin too. (laughs) 
But we all we all feel that way. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We really, really do. And so uh, this conversation has been wonderful. Thank you for having it with me. I'm I'm so honored. This was I'm just so grateful. This was great. I'm just y'all. Please get gutsy, okay? Because. <laughs> This book will truly change your life in more ways than one, not just business, but everything outside of that, you as a person, um, because we do, we deserve to have a life that we love. We deserve to be free in who we are, mm-hmm. who we are meant to be, and we deserve to to have all the good things and, and do good. So thank you so much for having me interview you. This, this was great. Fun. <laughs> this has been fun. And one more fun thing I'll say, you know, if you are going to grab the book, and you want a signed copy of the book. Mm. I'm doing something really special with independent bookstores. I mean, no surprise there. But with independent bookstores exclusively, um, if you head over to my website, nataliefrank.com gutsy, you'll see a big button that says get a signed copy. Click on that. Um, we're partnering with independent bookstores to support them because this is a, a really important moment to be fighting for other small businesses, as we know. Uh, and exclusively, you can get signed copies through these indie stores. It's my way of helping to drive some sales their way. So if you haven't picked it up yet and you're going to, yeah. I'm not saying you have to grab it from an indie, but I am saying on the Independent <laughs> Business Podcast, we wanted to make that as easy as possible. But Akua, thank you so much for this combo and having yes. me interviewing me on the podcast. I know. I, I, wanted, I wanted to be like, thanks for coming on. I'm like, it's her podcast. <laughs> So thanks for having me to come hang out with you. (laughs) This is so good. This is so fun. Thank you. That ends our episode of the Independent Business Podcast. Everything that we've discussed today can be found at podcast.honeybook.com. Head to our website for access to show notes, relevant links, and all of the resources that you need to level up. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss our future content. Drop us a review and leave our guests some love on social. Thanks again for listening.